Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and if you want to start or grow a thriving coaching business, this is the place to be. Join me every Monday for inspiration and action when I interview top coaches and expert entrepreneurs who share strategies and secrets for building a successful business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Today, we're joined by Chris Gardner. Chris is the co-founder of Strategic Mentors that helps people become more successful and less busy in their business, so they have their lives that others want. He's also the co-founder of Gift of a Future, a nonprofit providing education to girls in Uganda that breaks their cycle of poverty in a single generation. His mission is to help at least 1,000 business owners to have what he calls the three Fs, financial security, freedom, and fulfillment. So they are then invited to collaborate in creating 20 million pounds of social impact around the world each year. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Millet. It's good to be here. (laughs) Your 20 million pounds almost stumbled me up a little bit. I wanted to say dollars, but... (laughs) (laughs) Dollars would be easy, although there's not so much difference nowadays. (laughs) Right, true. (laughs) Now, before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about who you are, maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not busy working. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thanks. Well, I'm, I'm based in the UK. Uh, and uh, in terms of the, the professional side, uh, I'm, I've done the kind of classic uh, professional qualification, corporate uh, career ladder and all of that good stuff. Um, and I've been in coaching and mentoring and personal development for about uh, 25 years. And I'm very happy to go into more detail on the background of, of that kind of stuff if it's uh, uh, useful and relevant. Um, it's it, it, the the short story is there's there's a broad experience and and uh, lots of international stuff. So I was working it out actually a, f- a few months ago. I reckon um, because I've worked as as a professional accountant and then in uh, industry and around different countries, I think I've worked with over twelve hundred different businesses, and I think it's over forty different industries or sectors. It across, uh, I th- I got to a count of twenty five countries, so it's it's really just very very broad. But it all boils down to the same kind of issues. There's so much similarity between all different industries and sectors and all different um, businesses because it all comes down to people. So, um, and in terms of what uh, I like. Uh, doing or what floats my boat uh, outside of work. Uh, I'm a musician. I do a lot of sports. Uh, I have a, a personal uh, longevity target, which I've had for so many years now, um, which is to live to uh, f- uh, fit and healthy to the age of 120. And what inspired me to do that was um, I just borrowed it from someone else, to be honest. I went to a friend's um, birthday party oh I can't remember how long ago it was now um many years ago and it was his 60th birthday party and he had banners all around the place um that said my halfway there party and I thought I like that I'm gonna have some of that so that was that was um uh when my 120 goal was uh, was dialed in Actually, that sounds like a really good goal, but it also sounds like something you have to stay on top of. You just can't expect to 
smoke cigars and eat pizza every day if you want to make it to 120. So you must be pretty fit. And like you said, you like sports. So is that sort of, do you, do you like to eat healthy and, and do that sort of thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated by it. But you're right in the sense that, of course, you have to, it doesn't just happen. And, and by the way, I don't also think that I'm just going to do it because of natural uh, genetics or, or you know, blessed with longevity. Although my grandfather, uh, he died about two or three years ago only, um, aged 105. So, you know, I'm wow. optimistic some of that, that passes down. Um, but actually, do you know what? I think it's so much more than just um, uh, it, it is about mobility and strength physically, but it's also and then it's about nutrition so that you're fueling yourself really well. But I think a massive part of it is actually psychological. It's in the mind. It's about um, uh Having having a uh, a future that inspires you and a future that's worth living into, and so many people, and we we can all we all know it. it there's this massive social conditioning that says, you know, when you get to sixty or seventy or whatever, well, you're probably nearly there by now. And so people's <laughs> expectations change; they start to um, decline and wither, and and therefore it becomes, I think, a self fulfilling prophecy. My mother is um is 82 and uh, she knows i've got this ridiculous goal as she calls it and um, she's oh i really don't know why you want to do that because all she can see is um sort of decrepitude you know <laughs> being, being sort of um weak and feeble and in pain well it doesn't have to be like that and if you're inspired to go out and do stuff like you mentioned my mission um if you if you're um you know driven to go and inspired to go out and do stuff well then life's worth living. You're not just saying, well, I haven't got the energy now. I think I'll sit on the couch and watch TV tonight. You know, you just go out and do stuff. So anyway, that's a bit of a soapbox. for <laughs> You know what? I think that's really interesting because I remember, and it has been a pretty good amount of time ago, so I, I should probably take note of that, that I remember my mother saying, well, me and your daddy probably only have about 20 more years to live. Yeah, right. And I thought that was such an odd thing for her to say, for her to like, almost like she was accepting the fact that mm. she only had about 20 more years to live. And I thought at that time, you know, gee whiz, that's, that's about the last thing I ever want to hear come out of my mouth. <laughs> right, exactly. And earlier this year, uh, uh, I turned 50. And uh, I know that a lot of people who reach that kind of age, they think that they, they have a whole set of associations with it. Mm. And, but because I've had this kind of 120 in my mind for so many years, um, I just keep looking forward to it. And so I hit 50 and I think, great, 70 years to go. <laughs> you know, I'm in no rush. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to shift the conversation a little bit more towards business. And we all love to be inspired by people's journey. And you mentioned that you have been in the field of you know coaching and mentoring, that sort of thing for almost 25 years now. So I would love to know what led you to really get into this in the first place? Um, well, I, I, I think it's a, a kind of a combination of things. One is that, uh, depending on your kind of belief system, it was almost like destiny. It's what I'm meant to do. But it's also via a kind of circuitous route. Because so when I was from the age of about eight, I was really clear what I was going to do, what I wanted to be in life. And my answer to that was to be a math teacher. 
Um, and the reason for that is because I could, I was good with figures. I enjoyed the subject and my friends who, who were struggling, I would naturally help them. And then I started to get, you know, friends and parents saying, oh, actually, you're really good at teaching. So hence that got me down in, you know, down that thought process. Mm-hmm. And then at the age of sort of, I don't know, 16, 18 kind of thing here in the UK, where you start making subject decisions that steer you in a particular direction, I was thinking, well, actually, uh, there was uh, at that time, it was um, the teaching profession, there was massive uh, political upheaval and lots of unions that were caught, uh, 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 and strikes and just it was a very bad place. It looked as a, as a as a teenager could perceive it a really bad place to be. So um, that through other routes, I got um, pointed and steered towards doing accountancy because it will be a good qualification. You'll get a lot of good skills and it's always something to fall back on kind of thing. Although I never thought I would end up being an accountant that's not what my career would be but I, I did go through that and got that qualification but then with the firm that I was um, with it was one of the the top five in the UK at the time and uh, I got a, uh, the opportunity to do a year's um, secondment a one-year position in the firm's national training center that uh, meant I was teaching um, t- uh, trainee accountants plus qualified accountants plus clients business clients that were coming in and i'd be teaching them stuff i'd be teaching them about technical um uh, accounting finance matters but then it it kind of morphed into it to include personal development type of um uh, content and that was training and then facilitating and gradually i moved from the the ter- the, the um, sort of show and tell teaching style through facilitation and naturally into coaching and then I kind of studied that and, and got some practice in, in coaching and it's just it was evident to me that it was a really really powerful um, practice and it's a great skill to have I just loved it and, and it actually I was it was just played completely to my strength so I felt in at that time that I, that I describe it as it was like coming home mm. so I was then combining the teaching and the educating in the broadest sense, the educating of people um, uh, with business that by then I'd started to learn and get some experience in and be really fascinated by. So actually I was never destined to be a math teacher, but I was destined to be in education in some way. And it turned out it was in um, uh, education in business through personal um, development of people and, and their skills. So that's how I got into it at the start. And then beyond that, I was lucky to get into um, corporate world, which had I was, it was a UK based company, but we were growing businesses all around the world. So I would, uh, and that's where a lot of the the countries on my list um, uh, got ticked off, if you like. You know, that came came to to work in those, um, just travelling around and kind of helping people as they built the business. It wasn't their business; it was part of the group. It was part of the the um, the big UK HQ, if you like, um, but the commercial issues that a local company faces are the same um, in wherever you are, because it's just the way business works. There are some particular cultural differences in certain areas, but by and large, the commercial issues are the same. Um, And it's just how to get people to understand the financial reality and and teach them some stuff so that they, that they, they weren't born knowing, and it's important they do know that stuff and then develop their capabilities as individuals to be able to operate really smartly uh, in that, um, corporate commercial environment 
so I did that, and then I, I but I, it was moving too much away from personal development um, uh, and developing the the individual. So I, I had a practice of that on the side, where I would have personal clients, um, and then for the last thirteen years, uh, I've had my own uh, mentoring and coaching practice here here in the UK, uh, and have um, and and merge those two things together because I don't think you can separate business from personal development. Uh, well, that's not true. You can separate them, but it's much less effective um, if you do. So that I bring those two together now. Hmm. So in your business that you co-founded, Strategic hmm. Mentors, when you were just getting started with that, and I want to take you back 13 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I want to talk a little bit about going from working for someone else to then hmm. making that shift to being an entrepreneur. Hmm. So I'm sure there's been a lot of ups and downs along the way, not just at the beginning, but can you maybe talk to us about just a low point that you experienced when you were getting that business going? Absolutely. And and possibly what comes to mind as you ask that question, um, maybe a number of listeners will relate and they'll think, actually, this, this is so similar to me too. Because what I learned from this is actually how I... Um, and enable people to get financial security now and and much more and so the the kind of mistakes that I made and the low point I I started out with as I described to you just you know really broad experience not just in in coaching but in in marketing and sales and finance and strategy and leadership and and supply chain and logistics all, all sorts of areas that I'd had the chance to to work in and so I kind of felt uh, thought of myself as a just um you know kind of a mr fix it Mm. for hire um and so people are gonna you know i've got all of this stuff i can offer and people are gonna just be blown away if they if they hire me and it turned out that people didn't want everything and when you're trying to promote everything because i'm awesome people go well good i'm glad you're awesome but i don't need awesome i just uh, and so the message doesn't doesn't connect right and so I really struggled in those um, in the early days to find a message and um, uh, a hook or an angle that would that people would would hook into and they go I get it yeah that's me and the turning point for me was um, it was actually at a business event I, I'd gone along to a business event and there was all the sort of the pre uh, you know everyone was milling around in, in the room before we were called through to the big presentation. And there was this guy standing on his own. And uh, I thought, well, he looks lonely on his own. I'll go and have a chat to him. So I went up and said, hi, and I'm Chris, and what's your name? And his name was Peter. And, I, and then you say, well, what do you do? And what he said to me was it utterly changed my direction, and it changed everything. And to this day, he doesn't know it because <laughs> we just had this conversation in, in, you know, in the ante room, right? And what he said to me was very straightforward. It's, it was just... I said, what do you do? He said, oh, I'm a freelance finance director and I work with companies who have got cash flow problems and I help turn it around so they have cash surplus. Hmm. And that doesn't sound too dramatic. Then why the heck does it? But what what suddenly, uh, for me, a light bulb went on. Firstly, he didn't say, I can fix everything. He said, I'm a freelance finance director. Well, that suddenly, I got that because that's not a finance director because that's the skills I had as well. So that's not not the... um, 
uh, that's not somebody who goes in full time. It's a part time role, but it's a senior role, the finance director. It's got some gravitas and some credibility behind it. So I'm a freelance finance director. I get that. But then it was the second line. And I help companies who have got cash flow difficulties and problems. And I help. I basically turn it around. I fix them. Right. Well, that's not I can fix all your problems. That's I've got. And he and he led with. I'm a finance guy, right? So he's mm-hmm. talking about cash flow. So I've got, a, I've got this, um, for companies who've got cash flow problems, I, I fix that. So now if you're a company who's got a cash flow problem, it's really clear you're now in the conversation with Peter. Right. And um, he might bring a whole load of other stuff, but that's not the story. And so it's really obvious. In hindsight, it's really obvious. But um, if, if someone doesn't have the cash flow problem, they don't need Peter. And Peter telling them time and time again how awesome he is is not going to make them need Peter any more (laughs) than before, right? Right. However, if they do have a cash flow problem, well, they're going to get into conversation. And it was just that that sense of, you know, you you hear it all the time or, um, you know, you've got to to find your niche or, as we say in the UK, your niche. You've got to find your your niche and, and home. And I tried that in terms of, oh, right, okay, I'm going to work with these demographics and so on. But for me, it was that, it, it, I thought, well, do you know what? I can just borrow that. I can just take it. I can do exactly what he's doing because there's a market for it. So I'm Chris, I'm a freelance finance. This is wh- how I started up. I'm a freelance finance director. I work with companies who've got cash flow problems and I turn it around. That opens the conversations and now you go in. Now, when then I was working with them, um, they happened to get all of this extra experience as part of the package. So I could still do, do the variety of work that I found really stimulating and interesting. But the point was not how broad my experience is. It was the opposite. It was how specific the problem statement was. So the person listening goes, oh, that's me. Mm. Or indeed, oh, that's interesting, but that's not me. Well, cool. You don't waste any time with them. There's other people who have got that problem and go and find them. So that was... Um, but before that, it was it was this real struggle of being a generalist and saying, right. I've got all of this stuff and I can do this, I can do this. And what you end up talking about all the time is yourself. Mm. People don't care about yourself. I say this to people I'm teaching now. It's, you know, I'm under no illusion. When, when I'm helping people and work, we work together, they're getting great results. But I'm under no illusion that they really want to work with me. It's not about me. Well, they, they don't want to work with me. They're happy to, but they don't want to work with me what they want is the result of working together. So suddenly everything changed. And that was, uh, I, I just, it, 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 it's a complete change in the way of thinking. And still, even although I've been thinking like this for a long time, still, it's so rare to see. But if you can think like that and operate like that, it's, it changes everything. It makes selling easier. It makes the positioning easier. It makes um, engaging with prospects easier. It changes everything. Yeah, I think a lot of people have a fear around niching down because they don't really understand that it doesn't necessarily keep you from getting business. In fact, it brings the best business to you. It, it completely does. And, and certainly what the, 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 the experience that I've learned by taking that approach is that future work a is the, the results they get is better because you come you become better and better at your thing. Mm. But also because they get results, you now get a reputation for someone who helped them get those results. And when you get a reputation, everything's easier. If right. it's a, it's a, assuming it's a positive reputation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and I think that it's all a matter, I mean, if you really start to to consider it, I think a lot of it is is really just fear-based that everybody's worried about being able to to get clients. They're worried about being able to make an income as an entrepreneur. So they just have this thought process where it's like, well, I'll just help all these people or I can right. do all these things. But really getting that that focus can it can help on so many levels. And I mean, you just mentioned a couple which were, you know, the messaging becomes easier. Mm -hmm. The content that you create is more focused and easier for you to do. And you start to develop these skills and the confidence in yourself because you're really putting your energy into one thing instead of a lot of different things. And that's the, that's the rational reason to do it. And, and it's the rational reasoning why people don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, you know, they, as you say, they come from fear um, and they think they're not going to um, achieve stuff. But if, they, if you think about the, the, the emotional side, what are they, what are they doing instead of uh, narrowing down and, and standing for something? If they don't do that and become a generalist, they're doing exactly what their prospects are doing as well, which is focusing on themselves. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a generalist, the only way I'm going to get you to work with me is essentially to convince you that I'm awesome at all of these things. Now, I might do that by asking you questions and listening and you're going to tell me a problem and you go, great, well, I can help with that problem. But you didn't lead with that. You said, you, you said I can do all of these things. Oh, yeah, and I happen to be able to, to help you with that problem as well. So you are focusing on yourself and so is your prospect. And your prospect doesn't care about you. They only care about themselves. And, and if you don't market like that and position like that, you're doing exactly the same thing. You are only caring about what you do. You're doing it with good intention, right? Of course, because you're trying to help people. But nonetheless, you're coming, the, the, where that's coming from is self out. I care about what I can do so that I can offer it to you. Well, mm-hmm. they don't care what you can do. <laughs> they care about what they want. Right. And then that's going to be almost like a, a subconscious thing. You know, when you start to see the messaging, if the messaging is, is focused inward and not really focused on the problems that you can solve or mm. the solutions, that even though you may have a really great website, it just might not resonate with people. In the whole age of people needing to develop the, the whole reputation management and the no like, and trust factor, you have to put something out there that people are going to want to like and trust. And if they feel like it's all about you and not about them, that's, to me, that seems like a surefire way to get people to move on to the next person. Of course it is, because they're not interested. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So would you say that after you had this conversation and after you started to put this into practice, was that the point when your business started to gain momentum or is there a particular point or a tipping point or, or something that happened in your business where you had a good foundation and you were starting to get clients? Sure. The, the, there were two, I would say there were two um, tipping points at different stages of growth. So the first was that that point there that I described where I had the conversation with Peter and I thought, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take these ideas because I could see the how profound it was very simple, but actually how deep that the implications of a statement like that were. Mm. And so suddenly it got it. I went from um, uh, the, the trendy word is hustling. You know, I went, I'd been from hustling and grinding and trying to get, you know, trying to get clients for a couple of years 
started to use that. And within three months, I had financial security. I had, mm. I, I had the, the clients that I wanted to work with. And at that time, my model was working one to one with people or, or, or me in a company, you know, with the, with the, the, either the owner or the board of the company. Um, so that was the tipping point that suddenly made that easy and comfortable. Um, the other tipping point actually happened um, uh, earlier this year where I wanted to change the model that I was uh, working and move from one-to-one with people to doing something on a much bigger scale. Um, and therefore, uh, and, and so what I'm now doing is uh, I'm, I'm uh, delivering this through online program. Um, and what I've done is basically taken all of the, st- not all, I've condensed down th- to the necessary parts that allow people to get what I call financial security. But the tipping point came for that to be massive, <laughs> massively successful, really, really thrilling, um, was again, it was the story. And I, I've been, I wanted to do, I've been looking at online stuff for so long and I, you know, it just makes sense, but I couldn't make it work for me. And I tried, you know, all the different platforms and social media and all of that kind of stuff. And then I realized it's not the platform. It's, you know, you, you can spend ages agonizing over which CRM system should you use and which autoresponder and which, what should you build your, work, uh, your website in it. It doesn't matter. It does matter, but it doesn't change whether you're going to be successful or not. What matters is the, is the message. And so my message became, and it's, it's evolved, it took a long time to develop, but now it's really succinct. And it starts with, especially when I'm doing um, talks, I, I do, you know, I do, I do uh, talks with rooms full of business owners, not all coaches, all sorts of, of, of uh, businesses, but mainly service businesses. That's where I can serve people best. And um, I'll ask them, you know, how, so everyone in this room is a business owner. Um, and when that already makes you quite special, because not everyone is is built to be to to back themselves, you know, and and rely on their own ingenuity. So you're already pretty smart and pretty special type of people. But when people find out, oh, you've got your own business, that's amazing. You know what they're going to ask you, don't you? They're going to say, oh, how's it going? And you know how people normally respond to that, right? They go, yeah, it's going really well. We're really busy. Mm. And I just at that point, just want to wake people up and say, isn't that, isn't that a strange answer? It, it, somehow we've started to use busy to mean successful. And when was the last time you woke up in the morning and said, okay, my purpose of today is to fill every hour I possibly can and be as busy as possible. It's not how we think. And yet that seems to be the stock answer. So it becomes part of the psyche that in order to be successful, I've got to be busy. And so people can understand that when I'm doing that talk and they go, oh yeah, that's, oh yeah, that's me. I recognize that. And so I say, well, if it's not to be busy, why do you have a business? Why are you doing it? And um, because then when in my personal coaching work with people, we will start there and business and personal coaching, we always start there. Why are you doing it? So let's design the business to achieve what you really want. Well, people don't know what they really want. They haven't Mm. thought about it. So I say, well, actually we all do it for the same reason and i that's what you mentioned at the, at the start here that's what i call the three f's which is financial security freedom and fulfillment but they come in that sequence because actually what we already want is to be happy but i go deeper than that and it's actually to be fulfilled so fulfilled you can't be fulfilled if you haven't got freedom 
Because if you haven't got freedom, then you're constrained in what you can do, and therefore it affects the level of fulfillment you can have in your life. So you need you need freedom, but you can't have freedom if you haven't got financial security, because that's a constraint on your freedom. You haven't got freedom to go and choose where to go in the world or what to spend money on or whatever. So first, in the three Fs, you want to get financial security. And then for people running service businesses, they'll go, they'll, they'll identify with that and they say, you're right, I haven't, I haven't got financial. And by that, I mean monthly financial security. It's as right. simple as that, right? So every month I know that all, everything's covered, I'm good. And I've got more coming in than I need. And I've got security. I describe it as breathing space, financial breathing space. Now, when I've got that story and that message, people, it doesn't matter which platform you put it on. It doesn't matter what tech you use. It almost doesn't matter how you deliver it, although it massively does. But now people are engaged. Uh, um, I was at an event only today um, and there were um, all of 12, 13 people in the room. And uh, I was asked, what, what do you do? And four of the 12 came up to me afterwards and said, do you know what? I haven't got financial security and I want it. <laughs> and so when you've got that hook, whatever your hook is, whatever, you know, whatever coaching style you do, I happen to do business and personal, but um, whatever your style is, if you've got that hook, it, there's no effort. There's no pushing. There's no persuading. It just says, well, that's easy. So that was a tipping point to get for me to suddenly go, oh, my message is really clear. And then I happen to go beyond the personal bit because for me fulfillment means if you've got financial security you're good you're covered if you've also got freedom so now you've got the money covered you've got time covered in in freedom there's other types of freedom but i'll just focus on that for now so money and time you're good you're covered great well now you've got everything you kind of need well yeah okay mr maslov had something to say about this that you know that's that's not enough is it you want to then mean something you want to and so now is a chance to give back be a contribution in the world, um, in whatever that the world means to you. Um, and so that's where I hook into the, the big mission for me, which is to make 20 million pounds of, of, uh, of social impact in the year, but uh, per year. But you can't do that if you haven't got the freedom to choose to do it and you haven't got the financial security. You certainly can't do it if you haven't got financial security. So it kind of says, well, there's a bigger picture here and this is a good way to live. Um, but first, let's get financial security. That is maybe a very long answer for you, but that was the uh, that was the tipping point. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense because if you don't have that clear messaging throughout everything that you do, whether it's your business cards or whether it's the talks that you give or your website or just if everything doesn't have that same really clear message that solves a problem for someone, it's just not going to work for you. And I mean, I think that's amazing, that story that you told that you, know, you had 12 or 13 people in a room and three or four of them came up afterwards and were like, hey, this is something I need. I mean, that's a pretty big percentage, I think, of people right. and, that really resonated. Absolutely. And I was only there as a guest. I wasn't there. It wasn't my show, you know. Um, uh, but you just say something and, and uh, but and that's what creates the the tipping point. It, whether it's a coaching business or any service business, absolutely any. So I'm working with you know, a wide range of of um, uh, industries, people who are running businesses in all sorts of different sectors. It's the same principle every time. If you get your message right, then th yeah, the platforms matter, 
but people will focus on the platforms. They'll focus on the on the tech or they'll say, should I, should I email or should I use Messenger? Should I be on Facebook or should I be on Twitter? Should I be on both? Yeah, whatever. doesn't matter. It does matter. But that's not the thing to focus on yet. If you haven't got a story, a message, a way of converting people so that they want to work with you, doesn't matter what your platform is. You're just shouting. There's a really good analogy I heard. Uh, you know, imagine going back to, I guess, the 1850s or something like that. Um, and uh, someone's just invented the microphone and the PA system. <gasps> what an amazing thing. And imagine you're a singer. So now I don't have to just sing in a room for people who can hear my voice live. But now I can I can project my voice through big speakers and with this microphone. So now I can fill bigger rooms who wouldn't normally come and listen. So I can get you know, I can become more successful. Brilliant. But if you're a bad singer, the microphone and the PA just makes you a louder bad singer. Exactly. It's, it's not it's not the microphone and the PA that makes you successful. It's being good at what you do and having a way to communicate that. Get that first. And then everything else just flows. So you mentioned that you started your business off working one-on-one and that Mm. you have done some transitioning to some online stuff. You also mentioned speaking to groups. So can you tell us, are, are these the main ways that you're generating revenue in your business or are there other things that you do as well? Uh, yeah. So how, how I, uh, the way I, um, describe it in, in to the people I'm teaching this stuff to is, is if however you want to earn revenue there are, I describe it as two revenue models and three delivery models I won't go into the deliveries now because you're asking about revenue but do you do something on a transactional basis or are you or are you providing something typically a service on a recurring basis and so that's those are the and obviously if you want financial security then it's easier if you can have something on a recurring basis, because it's more predictable, right? You know, every month you're going to get the same money in and then you just keep, keep growing that. You can absolutely have financial security through the transactional model where you're just delivering a, a uh, you know, like a project or something like that. Um, you just need a method of uh, reliably generating new clients every month or two or three or however long your projects are. So um, it's entirely possible to get financial security in both of those models, the transactional and the revenue um, version. It's just easier typically if you can construct the the packaging and the delivery of it into a recurring uh, model. So what I do is I have uh, online programs, which uh, I've got the, the three Fs programs. So financial security program, freedom program, and fulfillment program. And those are continuity types. They're, they're kind of membership. They go for eight different periods of time, each one. But the, so the financial security one is a 12-month program, for example. So we've got people who are in it every month, and that, that creates you know, an income every month. But I've also got uh, retreats and VIP days and things like that, which are the, the transactional type of uh, approach so you can do it they're bigger ticket but you know it's the same principle so you can do it in in uh, in both ways and I, th- and I hope for your audience it's not so much the the interesting part of any answer I could give is not what does Chris do it's the principles behind it and so you know think about if you if you're offering coaching services are you going to offering on a uh, on a recurring basis or are you and or are you going to offer stuff on a, on a transactional basis? You can do both as long as you're really clear about it. So with all of the things that you're doing, 
obviously, there has to be people coming in to your coaching, into your mentoring all the time to fill this up. What would you say is maybe a favorite strategy to bring new people into your business? A favorite strategy, right. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bend it and, and have two favorites for different <laughs> reasons. There's favorite in terms of what do I enjoy doing best? Mm-hmm. Sure. And there's favorite in terms of what generates the biggest return. Right. All right. So what I like doing best in marketing, if you know, your question I think was about marketing strategy. What I like doing best is speaking. Mm. It's speaking to groups. It's sharing stories, ideas, because, you know, it's the teacher in you. You know, you, you, when you see someone's eyes light up um, and you see the penny drop, they go, oh, God, I've never thought about it like that. Oh, that makes so much sense or whatever. And it's, it's a, just a buzz. I'm sure many of the audience has the same experience and probably you too. It's just that when you know someone goes, oh, oh, I see. It's, it's, so that's what I love doing best in marketing terms. In terms of the um, favorite, in terms of the biggest results, it's, it's not new. It's not rocket science. It's simple stuff. It's Facebook ads to a straightforward funnel. But as I say, it's not, it's not the mechanics that make it successful. It's, it's having a really clear message. You know, people say, oh, how long should the emails be? Oh, it doesn't matter. They should be as long as they need for your message. How many should I follow up with? How many emails should I do? How often should I send them? It, it doesn't matter. It does matter, but there isn't an, an-, there isn't an answer. There's what works for you. Don't get, don't get hung up on that. Uh, no, it's not about how long or how many or how frequently it's what's the message? What are you saying? Because that's what the reader, that's what the receiver is going to connect with. Mm, so right. it's just be really clear on uh, on that. So it's, it's, that's the most of, for me, it's the most effective. It's just Facebook ads and a straightforward funnel, but it's the, it's what, what's said in that? What's the message in that? Do, mm. do people get it? And then do they want it? Right, definitely. So you talked a lot about taking your business more online. Okay, so you've got your three F's and so you've got three different courses. Is this sort of the direction that you feel your business is going? Is this what you're wanting to create more of in the future? Oh, it's it's so, so personally thrilling. I'm absolutely loving it because it's so dialed in. It did take me forever to get this message, to get this realization of what do I really want? And, you know, I've spent years, 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 um, you know, coaching and mentoring people with their own businesses. And I've helped people become millionaires and I've helped people um, transform their lives. And it's, and it, it's great. It's lovely, but it's, it, you get to a stage where it's just another one. Oh, here's another person who's gone through the million barrier or they've actually sold for you know seven figures or whatever. It's great. And I don't mean to dismiss it because it's really significant. It's really important. But for me, it's, it, there's so much more that people can do. And I'm, uh, I, I just want to, you know, I want to personally, I want to leave a legacy mm. and that, that legacy is an impact in the world where it, and for me, a massive part of it is this this work that we're doing with with girls in or four girls in Uganda, because their lives have been so tough, so tough. And yet, when you go out there and and meet these, these are such impressive young women, really resilient, really tough. They've got something so special that they could do in the world, and the world will be a better place if they can achieve the the dreams the system, the resources, the mentality that they have right now, 
uh, in their situation, you know, pick somebody and say today. I don't mean generally. The general, it is tough generally, but you know, pick an individual because you can do something with an individual. You can help someone at an individual level, and you can give them different resources, different ways of thinking, different skills, different approaches, some support, and their lives change. And that's uh, and so suddenly, you know, every generation until her has been in desperate poverty, and now she can make the difference for herself and then for her children in the future. And she's a role model. So that's a whole thing that we're, we're doing there. But, and, and it's just, it, it just, you know, this is the most base level. I just think it's cool. I just like it. This is what we, this is what we could be doing. You know, there's so much greed and unnecessary acquisition of stuff. People aren't free if they're still chasing money. Mm. If, if you've got, you know, so many millions and yet you still need more, well, you haven't got freedom. You haven't got fulfillment. And it can be so much um, better. Than, life can be so much better than that. And it should be. So that's kind of the, where I want to, uh, that's my legacy on the world. And through that, I can't do that on my own. Um, I don't need to do that on my own. So I can do that by empowering and enabling people. Starting at financial security level, let's get that covered, get the base covered, and then let's get you free from the business if you choose to. No, I don't mean necessarily you, you're out of it. You're doing what you're, you're choosing to do. Freedom is, is both it's freedom from um, and also freedom to. So it might be freedom from needing to work every day, but freedom to work when you want to and do other stuff that has a gives you more personal fulfillment mm. um, but these just work together it's just a natural ascension and natural progression and when you get to the stage of saying okay i'm cool i've got it I, I, i've got what i need i've got a beautiful life I've, i'm doing everything that i want in life i'm having achieving being having the relationships that i want it's all good and now that's not enough I want to give back. And so the three F's and the programs that I've got, that's how I earn the revenue. But some, a lot of the um, uh, revenue that we get, we can then channel through into the sister organization, this, this uh, nonprofit that we've got and fund Girls in Uganda. And then we can model that for others and say, hey, how about you do your version of that? Mm. And so you go and create your legacy. And hence we get to the 20 million. Yeah, I love that because it's one of those things where when you think about, okay, I'm a business owner and I want to be able to give back. Okay, so I might only have, I don't know, a few hours each week that I could volunteer. But when you look at it from the perspective of I can build up my financial security, then mm -hmm. if I want to keep growing my business, then I can take that and I can impact in such a greater way because it goes beyond these 10 hours a week that I could put into volunteer work. I could turn around and take my money and pay 20 people to each put in 10 hours a week. So you sort of multiply the effect that you can have when you have that financial freedom to be able to make those sorts of choices. See, this is one of the things that I love about working with people with an entrepreneurial way of thinking. Uh, without doubt, in my mind anyway, entrepreneurs, business owners, those whatever you call yourself, they, we are the best kind of people to make this kind of impact in the world. Why? Because we've got typically the way of thinking where we don't need to ask permission to go do something. We can make a decision to go do something. We've got either the resources and or the resourcefulness. We've got the skills to make stuff happen. And 
then stuff happens and nothing's going to get better until just just by thinking about it, just by wishing it, just by hoping something manifests. You've got to go and make it happen. And then if you get an entrepreneur who's thinking, yeah, like you're saying, it would be kind of level one thinking, if you like, to say, great, well, I'm now I've got some free time. I'll go and volunteer. Brilliant. Go do that because it makes a difference. But of course, doing that only makes one at 10 hours of difference. But how do you then go and say, well, how can I turn these 10 hours into 100 hours through other people? Mm -hmm. And how do we get those people to make that a thousand because they can teach other people or they can inspire other people or they can be role models for other people or whatever it is. And so this, you get this multiplying effect. Your classic employee mindset is not going to do that. A classic uh, government worker mindset is not going to do that because they're not thinking in the, in the way that I use the, the language I use, they're not thinking three F's. They're just because they probably haven't got financial security. They might have steady income, but oh my God, I might lose it. Or they've, they've learned to live a lifestyle that matches the level of income they've got or goes slightly beyond it, or it's very close to it. Well, there's no security there. There's no security there. It's just a kind of ongoing lifestyle. So there's no big vision, big future. Entrepreneurs, on the other hand, they're all about dreams. They're all about creating goals. They're all about making change and having an impact, which is, it's, this is why it's so inspiring to work with these kind of people because we can make a huge difference. So would you say that this nonprofit is like maybe what you would consider to be your favorite achievement of the things that you've done in business? No, not yet, because we can do a lot more. The, the, I think it, it, um, if you're in business, uh, what would I be greatest, I suppose, most proud of? It's, the res- right, it's right now, actually. It's the results that people on my programs are getting um, because I've really refined the message and it's just working way, way more than I, than I hoped. I'm getting, <laughs> it makes me laugh. I get the, some of the results and the feedback that I'm getting from people because <laughs> it's only designed. I, I'd say this is not designed to give you life-changing money, right? This is designed to give you security. Mm. The life-changing stuff happens in the Freedom Program, right? <laughs> so this is just designed. It's simple. It's, it's so easy to implement. Just do it. And uh, so this is about financial security. And, and yeah, I've got people saying, because there's some neuroscience in there because it's the way you think. And people are saying, oh, God, I now realize why. I've always backed away from making a, that decision that I always knew I should. And so I've had some, uh, someone in the program, <laughs> um, they've, they've uprooted their family and moved to the other end of the country because they they've wanted to do it all the time and they've been scared and now they realize why they're scared and they've done that this is a huge change to them but they're staying, they, they they continue with the program they'll get financial security that way so it's a, and they're now going oh now i'm doing what i should be doing <laughs> somebody else it said they it's saved their relationship well i'm all about that it, that's why we live it's to have amazing relationships and um uh, and i said well tell me what, what do you mean this is a financial security program what do you mean it saved your relationship and she said that it was that her bi- she had been so low in her business. It had been she'd been so um, underachieving. She couldn't find new clients. She didn't really know what she was doing. She just had lost all direction. So she was under massive stress, and unsurprisingly, that shows up in the home life too. Mm. And so she was, you know, it looked like it was you know, heading towards the end of their relationship. Within uh, I don't know four weeks eight weeks, something like that, coming in the program. It just gave her the clarity that, that she wanted. And 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 she now she, it's utterly saved the, the relationship. Now, I know it's not the program. It's just the way she's thinking that that has has um, saved her relationship, but she's turned it around. That sort of stuff 
it's it's i couldn't predict that but it's thrilling that is you know yeah it's good to help people get wealthy but it's much more it's much more rewarding to to help people um well make the start of changing their lives so knowing what you know now about starting up a really successful business what would be one piece of advice that you would give to people that are just starting out? What should they focus on first? Or maybe is there anything that you wish you had done first when you were just getting started? Oh, crystal clear. I'm going to repeat exactly what I said earlier on. The, the, the number one thing to sort out um, when you're just starting out or if you're struggling is work out your audience's problem that you want to solve. And it's, it's so unexciting to say that, but with the clarity that I have and the experience that, that, that I have gained through doing precisely that, it's a, it changes everything. It, people, they, they rush out and they get busy and they go through all of that tactical worry. You know, like I say, what platform should I use? Should I be blogging? Should I do SEO and this kind of stuff? Nope, none of it matters. I don't mean that literally. Of course it matters. If that's what you're focusing on without a really clear problem that you're solving, that your audience really suffers from and have had enough of and really want fixed, if you have that, if you've got that worked out, you're on a winner because they're sick of the problem and they want it fixed. You just go in and fix it. You offer to fix it. Easy. But if you don't have that, then you'll be chasing tactics and shiny objects and, uh, and, and also actually if i can stretch it from one thing be mm-hmm. really clear on what the audience wants i'd say be but do focus on one problem right one one type of problem that you want to solve and i hear people reacting to that if they're listening to say oh but chris i, I can do so many things and i don't want to work on just one i oh, mm-hmm. me too i had all of these interests right you can still do those and uh, but what I'm talking about is where you focus and where you, until you've got a reputation for, so when you've got a reputation for solving this thing, you're never short of business. People are going to come at you because you're known for that thing. When you've got that, then you can start doing the other things you want to do. It's not either or, it's first, then. It's just a sequence. And if you try, and I know loads of people will, if they try to do it all at the same time, the chances of success massively reduce. So I heard, uh, again, an analogy recently, and I just thought, that's really simple, really clear. If you try to chase two rabbits, you're never going to catch either. Right. And I thought, it's a really clear picture. <laughs> no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And what I think a lot of people you know, have that resistance to is they feel like people are saying, you have to pick one avatar, you have to pick one problem, you have to offer one solution, that's it ever for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's not what anyone is saying. It's mm-hmm. just you need to get super focused and super clear on one thing, get good at that, get your clients for that, and then you can start to spread out and then add those other things back in. But like you said, if you're busy chasing this tactic and chasing that new course and looking at what this guru has to say, you're never going to be able to focus in on that one thing that's going to make a difference for those potential clients and and no one's really going to understand what you have to offer. You're entirely right. 
you're entirely right. You don't, the, you, you're, you're never going to be able to focus. And, and the message, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I feel a little bit sad, a little bit disappointed because the message isn't sexy. It isn't new. It's saying, oh, you know, get, get focused and specialise. But the reason why I think so many people find it difficult, firstly, they resist it because they go, oh, but I'll turn away loads of business. And no, you won't. You'll have more business. But also they, they don't really appreciate the depth that this means. When, so, um, I, there, for example, there, there are some coaches in the program. And there's one coach in particular who, well, when, when we started, when she joined the program, she said, I said, what do you do? What do you focus on? What's your specialism? She said, I, I, I help people to change. That's my specialism. I help people to change and transform. And I said, that's not a problem. It's, it's a method. It's a, it's a process that someone's going to go through, but that's not a problem that they are experiencing. That, that they're not waking up in the morning going, I must change. <laughs> Probably the opposite. I don't want to change. I just wish things were better. Right? So if, you're saying, if, you, if you think you've got a problem, the, um, uh, think about or not got a problem. If you think you've identified the problem you want to work on or you know, help, so help them uh, overcome, are they waking up and saying to themselves, I have this. I don't want this anymore. I'm sick of it. Or the opposite, I, you know, I really want that and I'm sick of not having it. And I want to do that. I want, you know, I want to achieve that or whatever it might be. The classic move away from and move towards type of motivations. Pain is much easier to, to sell to, by the way, you know, because it's, it's, a, it's a greater um, motivator. It's a more instant motivator. It's not so good for the longer term. Move towards is good for the longer term. But, the, you know, you, people will make a decision to move away from pain more quickly than they'll make a decision to move towards what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, if someone says, if you're thinking, oh, the problem I solve is change, then it isn't. And you're going you're gonna to be not understood. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like saying, I help people create their dream life. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and uh, do you know what? Uh, the, the, when uh, the three Fs, that they've gone through a number of iterations that I used to say, it's all that it's freedom, fulfillment, and financial um, financial success. That's how I used to describe it: freedom, mm-hmm. fulfillment, and financial success. But as I put that out into the marketplace, it was clear that actually the reality is people aren't uh, ambitious because they have a, a whole load of beliefs. Obviously, many people are. I don't mean nobody's ambitious, but the general market is not. They don't believe they can have financial success. The idea of having you know, a hundred grand a year or something like that is, whoa, that's, that's just not possible. That's other people, mm-hmm. which is such a shame because it's entirely possible. Um, and so I actually, I heard them rephrasing, rewording what, what I'd said and they, they turned financial success into financial security. And I thought, oh yeah, of course, that's, that's where they're at. That's their thinking. And it also works with the story much better because you can build that first. Financial security does come before um, freedom. So get financial security in place first. So kind of, I, I suppose there's a message there of listen, listen to the market. But the reality is most people are not, like you say, you know, oh, I, I help people create a dream life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows what their dream life looks like? People right. don't know. So they're not, they're not clear what it is. So they don't have a need for your services yet. Right. When it sounds, when it sounds kind of vague and you can't really understand what it is, then most people aren't going to pull out their wallets for something like that. Completely. 
Well, Chris, this has been so good, and I've absolutely loved these topics that we've been exploring today. I would love it if we could finish up with the final five rapid-fire questions. Okay, yeah, go for it. All right. What's one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Uh, Being really clear on your purpose, your why, your reason why you do this, because that that defines everything you need to do to, to, to meet your why. What's one quality that you think every successful coach needs to spend some time developing? Um, Certainty. Mm. It it goes against the grain for many coaches. You know, always be open, don't judge. But really what I'm talking about is certainty of you, certainty of yourself. When you know who you are, what you stand for, what your message is, as I've been saying, what the problem you solve for your clients It's a complete game changer. So the one quality every coach should develop, certainty. Recommend a book to us that's had a big impact, either on your business or on your life. Oh, I keep bending this from one to two. Um, (laughs) A book I I got years and years and years ago, and it's a just superb life philosophy, and it's called The Art of Possibility by Ben Zander. Hmm. Uh, uh, It's it's just a great way to... um, You've got 10 principles of how to live a life that is that I find admirable. Um, so that's The Art of Possibility by, by Ben Zander and his wife, Rose, uh, Rosalind, I think. Um, the, the, from a business point of view, it's quite a recent book to me, uh, uh, anyway, uh, and it's the, the One Thing. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, give us an online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. <laughs> okay so this is so chris which platform should we use which ultra responder should we use which <laughs> online resource right doesn't matter they're all okay I, okay let me give it the the, the uh, um the service it, it deserves that's me being disingenuous um boring answer it's uh, for me it's facebook it's i think it's just an amazing platform for engaging for communicating for finding people for sharing messages um so that the, the yeah the business wouldn't be where it is without that And finally, how can the listeners best connect with you if they want to learn more about the three F's, if they want to learn more about you and what you do, where can they get in touch? Sure. Um, The the website is strategicmentors.co.uk. That's .co.uk. And actually, I'll set up a a page within that. So if you go to strategicmentors.co.uk slash unstoppable, um, then people can go there and they can find out more about um, the three F's and something that's going to be relevant to the, the conversation that we've just had. Um, they can find uh, me on Facebook, um, Strategic Mentors, uh, or Chris Gardner, personal one as well. I'm on LinkedIn. So those will be the three main, users, the three sure. main places. Yeah. Nice. Well, I will be sure to get all the links and the recommendations onto the show notes page. Chris, I want to thank you again so much for joining me today. This has been great. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Hope it's been helpful for people. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to join me next Monday for another inspiring interview. But wait, before you go, I've got a question for you. Are you ready to take action on all the great strategies today's guest shared, but you're not quite sure where to start? I've got you covered with my new action episodes, where I break down how you can implement all their best tips and tricks. Get immediate access to this exclusive free content when you become part of the Unstoppable Coach community 
Simply go to unstoppablecoach.co to join or text COACH to 345-345.